Market View on Money FM 89.3. It's been a pretty decent last two days for markets here and across the region. And this also uh, coming in lockstep with the recent decline, at least, or easing of oil prices at one point surged to past 130 US dollars a barrel. But will the direction of oil pretty much dictate the tempo of market sentiment here and across global markets? And will this actually raise potential stagflationary fears that investors should take more seriously? A lot to really unpack, especially with regards to commodities and how it might influence markets across the Asia Pacific and across the world. And today on Money FM 88.3, we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Jeffrey Haley, the Senior Market Analyst for Owan who joins after months of being on the sidelines, but he has a lot really on his plate to talk to us about with regards to the recent moves in the markets. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to hear you uh, are well and in good in good health during these uncertain times, you and your loved ones at least. And welcome back to the show, sir. It's been a while, and I hope all is good out in Jakarta. Hey, yeah, great to be here, uh, JP. Wonderful to be here. Uh, we do have some monsooning going on at the moment, so you might get a bit of... Uh, Flight of the Valkyries thunder noise coming through the background. Well, it hasn't been exactly dry here in Singapore either in recent days. But let's get to it because there's other storms and other and perhaps what other people might be calling battles in markets. Two battles, in fact, being watched right now. One, the very real invasion of Ukraine of, uh, of by Russia of Ukraine uh, that's really captivated uh, and really spooked markets in the last couple of weeks, but also that battle to tame surging oil prices. Brent crude back to levels not seen since 2008, and we did talk about it falling 12% overnight, but now we're seeing it back on the rise, Brent crude back above $115 a barrel today. Tell us, Jeff, is this going to be perhaps the big determinant of where markets and volatility might head for the next weeks or maybe even potentially months? Yeah, look, I I think one has led to the other. The Russia invasion of Ukraine has led to another big jump in oil prices, and that is really what is driving markets around at the moment. Obviously, uh, energy uh, feeds into the costs of everything to do in our everyday lives in the modern world. When it goes up, prices rise across a whole swathe of uh, consumer uh, uh, consumption, and obviously when it falls, uh, prices can can, can ease. So uh, really, it, it is oil... Um, that will be really determining this, or energy and commodities in general. And if it goes too high, then eventually uh, we we may end up in in a recession scenario, but I don't think we're there yet. But certainly the winner in the markets at the moment will be volatility, as you can see by the somewhat crazy price action we're seeing across a number of asset classes at the moment. Investors are desperately trying to price in the peak of the sell-off from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and, and, and they keep keep losing. And I, I think with the price action you were talking about earlier on with uh, oil prices rising again today is it, it, symptomatic of that. And we can see shares in Europe have started moving lower again as well. Indeed, it seems that this might be a short-lived uh, rally for markets that are moving more in lockstep also with the, where oil has been moving. But it really might not be oil, but the fact that this is raising worries about potential stagflation, that's where we see growth stagnating while prices continue to rise. Jeff, do you think markets should be more worried? worried about this potential potential phenomenon and how broadly could this hit markets across the region, especially given a lot of markets here in Southeast Asia seem to be sensitive to inflationary moves and also high growth uh, changes? Yeah, very much so. Look, we were already in this scenario to a lesser extent before the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Uh, we could see that inflation had already raced higher um, and everybody's pay packets hadn't really risen to match that. So this has been an ongoing process over the last few months. It's obviously been turbocharged 
by this conflict because Russia and also the Ukraine are huge exporters to international markets of a whole range of commodities, including, of course, oil. That's led to massive spikes in prices through those entire uh, value chains. Asia itself is quite vulnerable to it. It imports most of its energy, or most countries in Asia uh, uh, import most of their most of their energy. Um, but we've also seen over the course of the pandemic that uh, a lot of central banks around the region are prepared to tolerate stagflationary setups uh, in order to keep growth going. And the most obvious examples of that are the Philippines and India. So on that basis, I don't think that regional central banks are going to race to start tightening monetary policy. What does that mean? That probably means we're going to see Asian currency weakness over the next few months. But it definitely won't be a great environment for equity markets either. Indeed. Um, uh, it's uh, interesting to see that many are standing pat and perhaps willing to tolerate some of these price pressures in, in Southeast Asia. You talked about the reaction of some of these policymakers across the, the ASEAN. But, Jeff, I think the big one, of course, is the, is the one to watch is next week's uh, decision by the U.S. Federal Reserve. And the Russian invasion, of course, clearly overshadowing the Fed's uh, upcoming meeting, which is seen as the hallmark event of the first quarter until the last couple of weeks. And, of course, their decision, perhaps even trickier than before because of the impact of Russia's invasion on global markets and global growth. What are you going to be looking out for as Jerome Powell and friends try to decide how to navigate this even trickier um, landscape and road to uh, tightening? Yeah, the, 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 the actual landscape is quite complicated everywhere. The ECB has its policy meeting this afternoon, mm-hmm. and it's probably going to pause on its intentions to hike into taper quantitative easing because of the Ukraine situation. Now, they're right next door to the Ukraine and much more exposed, so I don't blame them for that. The U.S., on the other hand, we've seen Jay Powell actually signal that this wasn't going to knock them on, off course, and U.S. inflation could well print well north of 8% tonight. So I believe that the FOMC will stay on course. They will announce uh, a 0.25% hike next week, and they will announce they intend to enact multiple hikes. How will that affect Asia? Well, this is going to exacerbate, I believe, this Asian currency weakness because the US dollar will remain strong both because of the war and because of the expectation of higher interest rates, while Asia will not be tightening policies around uh, the region. And thus, I think uh, it will be most notably reflected in weaker Asian currencies. Indeed, uh, the uh, estimate from an economist survey by Dow Jones expect that consumer prices in the, in the U.S. could surge by as much as 7.9%. That's the estimate, of course, which will be out, and the actual numbers out by 9.30 p.m. Singapore time. We're still speaking to Jeffrey Haley, the senior market analyst for Owanda here on Money FM 89.3. I do want to talk about uh, w- about uh, safe havens, given the rising volatility, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. It seems that this time, gold finally woke up and in recent days cleared 2,000 U.S. dollars uh, per troy ounce in recent days. Now, if the conflict prolongs and continues to cloud markets, will this continue to prop the precious metal? Or could other safe havens decide to pip gold um, once it gets to a particular level or if this thing gets even cloudier? Well, I, I, we can see the volatility um, in gold as well. It's, uh, it's fallen, well, nearly $100 from its peak over the course of just a mere one and a half session. So I think for your listeners, what they're going to have to accept is that there's going to be a lot more volatility in their portfolios, no matter what sort of assets they're holding. And that includes safe havens. But I think these conditions were made for gold to shine, if you're part of the pun, and also uh, other precious metals such as Silver should also do quite well in these uh, in, in these in environments. 
Otherwise, you're really looking at uh, perhaps being more overweight in commodities and uh, and uh, energy companies uh, in, in this situation. But certainly, I think uh, the oldies are the goodies, and the oldies and the goodies in this case are A, the US dollar and US government bonds, and B, gold. Indeed. You know, Jeff, we, I don't think we've ever really talked about Bitcoin in, uh, in in extent, but I noticed in your last newsletter, you actually decided to take a stab at the what's being heralded, heralded as the new store of value and potential safe haven. But we've seen how volatile markets have moved. And, and because whenever volatility is spiked, we've also seen Bitcoin sell off during these risk off bouts. Because of the last couple of weeks, has its status as a safe haven been severely questioned because we've seen it sell off whenever markets got a bit skittish? And it, wouldn't that actually be counter, uh, uh, you know, counter, uh, counterintuitive towards what a safe haven should do. Yeah, look, it's been found wanting in this respect, and most cryptos have. We can see, despite the intraday volatility, and Bitcoin's given back nearly all of those huge gains it made yesterday. It's down 6.5% today. But net, net, since looking back on my chart here, since the beginning of January, although it's been noisy, it's really just traded each side of about $40,000 uh, uh, um, for a Bitcoin. So it's really not going up or down, um, so to speak, uh, because of the situation. So you'd have to say that maybe, you know, when the pushes come to shove, uh, that investors have preferred traditional havens such as gold and the US dollar and US bonds over digital currencies. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff, uh, just very quickly, um, whenever we see these volatile times, people do say that it's it's very important to diversify to manage your risk. But given how volatile and predictable things are, is it still possible to diversify effectively given how badly blunted the markets have been actually? I mean, what is your advice for investors who are now trying to find ways to better manage the risks apart from, say, just diversifying? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really in that, in that corner, I don't think. I think the world's changed, particularly with the advent of technology and electronic trading. We're going to see a lot more intraday volatility. My message would be is to invest for the longer term and try to ignore this intraday volatility as much as you can because it'll send you crazy. So for me, it's stay focused on long-term investing. Don't try and capture these short-term moves. That never works out. All right. Uh, Jeffrey Haley, Senior Market Analyst for Rwanda. Thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3. Jeff, always great to have, and it's great to have you back on the show after all these months. As always, Jeff, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to next time you, you can come back on the show. Meanwhile, have a great evening ahead of you out there in Jakarta, sir. Cheers, JP. A pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.